Beer with Buffy is a retro analytical love roast of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. If you'd like to support our show financially, you can find us on patreon.com slash beerwithbuffy. Don't forget to review us on iTunes if you like what you hear. I was told you were coming. The big bad is back. This time... I'm not sure I'm getting the clearance to come into the initiative. I've been thinking about the world. Jeez. Like vampires. Take a stand and take a back. Fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Uh, the ice cream bar is this one. Beer good. Actually, it does inflame and depress me, however. I hear there's a clear correlation and possible causality between the two, actually. Welcome to Beer with Buffy. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. And today we're reviewing Season 4, Episode 5 of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Entitled, Beer Good. <laughs> uh, uh, well, my jokes are spent for this episode. See you next week, everybody. <laughs> God, I, I hope that's not all you got. <laughs> that's all I got. You're supposed to be the funny one. If you're just spent already, this is going to be a terrible episode. Yep, we're screwed. Everybody go home. <laughs> no, okay, come back, come back. I'll try. I'll try harder. I promise. I promise. No, but really... Welcome to the infamous Beer Bad. The episode which was always showing up as the top search whenever you searched beer with Buffy. Till till about a month and a half ago, honestly. Yeah, I'm glad you keep track of that. So Rex, do you feel a lot of pressure and like there's much more expectation than we could possibly ever live up to here? No. Oh, that's good. All right, that makes one of us. Um, (laughs) I just want to take a moment to talk about how long my hair has gotten because of how poor I am. And uh, I just wanted to make an announcement to the world. I I think I'm going to go full man bun. Really? I tried it last night. I look like a fucking samurai with my hair up. It's kind of amazing. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to be that fucking guy. (laughs) Well, so much for this friendship. Yep, that's how shallow Rex is, everybody. So I'm looking for new friends. And a new podcast host, apparently. I didn't say I was going to quit the podcast. Okay, fair enough. I'm um, just going to like start arranging myself so I can't actually see you while we record. <laughs> <laughs> so this podcast is no longer hosted by two best friends. It is two former acquaintances <laughs> on different sides of the same apartment. Yes. <laughs> there might be a slight echo or delay in the recording from here on out. So we've hit. 10,000 downloads since yeah. just since we've switched to Podbean. It's fucking awesome. So it's really more like 15,000, but we don't have accurate numbers from when we were still on Simplecast. Right. But no, I think that's worth celebrating. And you know what I think we should celebrate that with, Rex? Beer? Yes, beer. And a new t-shirt contest. A t-shirt contest? Yeah. It's crazy, right? It's almost like we've done it before. Nah. But it's not like that at all. So this is going to be a different kind of t-shirt contest. This time it's going to be based on Twitter posts. We need two things from you in this Twitter post and kind of a third thing. Mainly we need hashtag BWB shirt. We also need at beer with Buffy and make a glowing Twitter post about how much you love beer with Buffy and or Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And we are going to track the 
BWB shirt hashtag. Everybody in there will get entered into the t-shirt contest. If we find that you're a double entry somehow, that will not count. Has got to be an original tweet, not a retweet. No retweets. Not based on iTunes reviews at all. We still want to see iTunes reviews. That would be extremely helpful. But if you want to win a t-shirt, Twitter's the way to do it this time around. Alrighty, guys. The 18th of December, we will pick a new winner for the next Beer with Buffy t-shirt contest. Yeah. How do you feel about that, Rex? Feel pretty good. I'm glad you're feeling pretty good. Is it the beer? Yes. It's usually the beer. It's foamy. Good. <laughs> it's quite foamy. <laughs> if there's anything else we learned this episode. I think it's time for a mom synopsis. Joshua! What are you doing, Joshua? Have you admitted that you're an alcoholic yet? <laughs> Never! Why do you think I have a podcast that incorporates beer into the very fabric of its premise? Probably because you're an alcoholic? You're the one that raised me in a hipster beer culture college city, okay? <laughs> well, you've always blamed me for everything, Joshua. Mom, have you ever considered that it's all your fault? <laughs> no, of course not, stupid. <laughs> Well, then I won't be considering that I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> all right, tell me about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You're sitting over there all smug, holding me accountable for things. All right. Is Willow going to hook up with Parker now? Why does that filthy little cod swallop have his nasty, greasy hands on my lovely, wonderful baby Willow? <laughs> okay, I, I appreciate the, the mom instincts kicking in there, Ma, but... Willow's not your baby. But I agree with your sentiment, and I'm just going to run with it. No, she actually went and found Parker so that she could give him a piece of her mind for the way that his bullshit antics are tearing up Buffy. And it kind of looks like she's getting sucked into his vortex of garbage for a second. But Willow's way too smart for that. I'm a little ashamed of myself that I actually kind of fell for it for just... The briefest of moments. And meanwhile, you know, Buffy found some guys to give her some attention at this bar that Xander randomly got a job at all of a sudden. Where the beer? This time around, anyway. Because the bar owner has a huge stick up his ass. Yep. About all these snotty college kids. So he curses it with some sort of potion to literally turn kids... Or whoever drinks the beer into a Neanderthal or a caveman or whatever you want to call it. Um, you're looking extra smug, Rex. Are you trying? I'm trying to not correct you. I said Neanderthal. I didn't say Neanderthal. They're just humans. Neanderthal are completely different species. So what? Modern right. hominids are a different species. I don't fucking care. Also a different species. They're cavemen. Cavemen's fine. All right. I thought you were going to correct me on the pronunciation. That correction, I'm fine with just another time. I could just could have sworn it was going to be on the pronunciation. I commend you on properly pronoun pronouncing Neanderthal. And I crave your approval so hard that I don't have any way to finish that sentence. So, <laughs> yeah. So Buffy turns into a caveman. Some random asshats turn into cavemen. They run amok. And they light a building on fire. Buffy ends up saving Parker and Willow from the burning building, even while she's a caveman. Or cavewoman. Cave slayer, if you will. And then everything's fine. Parker gets his comeuppance. Roll credits. 
Yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay. <laughs> Ladies, gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures. As soon as the sun goes down, down, down. Cold open? Cold open. To Buffy kicking some vampire ass. Ass. Mm -mm. And of course, for some reason, fucking Parker's there. But let me tell you, she's on the top of her game with this fight. Squarely atop it. Fighting off three vampires, takes them down, lickety split, and oh, wait, no, she's daydreaming. It's a fantasy of Parker realizing all the bad wrongs of his ways and overflowing with eternal love and gratitude. Buffy, won't you love me forever, <laughs> Buffy? Because I'm a good person all of a sudden in your fantasy. In your cheap dime store novel. Buffy, move on. Yeah. This is the first time I really appreciate Mrs. Walsh's psychology class. Right. So we cut to the class where Buffy is zoning out from, and I didn't write down her entire speech, but I did cut it down to what I think is the most important part, if you don't mind. Be my guest. All riggedy. Professor Walsh says, The id doesn't learn, it doesn't grow up. It has the ego telling it what it can't have, and it has the super ego telling it what it should want. So how does this conflict with the ego manifest itself in the psyche? Cut back to Buffy, rerunning the same fantasy with the slight variation of Parker now has flowers and ice cream. And his shirt's open. Oh, Jesus, I didn't even notice that. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I'll take the ice cream. I just liked that it was the most bland, rudimentary ice cream label ever that just said ice cream on it. <laughs> I didn't even notice. <laughs> yeah, come to think of it, I'm like, that... That better fucking be Rocky Road. I'm actually not a fan of Rocky Road. Some sort of chunky, caramely... Yeah, caramel caribou. You know, put some Reese's peanut butter cups in there. Mm -hmm. A metric fuck ton of caramel. Throw some chocolate in there, why not? Why not both, why not? <laughs> Surprisingly enough, my favorite ice cream, though, is cookies and cream. Oh, yeah. Pretty straightforward, I, simple. I really do love some good cookies and cream, too. Anyway, so then we see the opening sequence and we cut back to campus... Xander's got a job as a bartender now. Yeah, and he keeps flicking a lighter in Buffy's face. And if I were Buffy, I would put a book through his head. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really rude, flicking lighters in people's faces like that. But I really got to appreciate the reason that he's doing it is he's trying to have this quintessential <laughs> bartender fantasy like cheers or cocktail where you're all suave and doing the bartender psychologist routine. Yeah. Hey, had a rough day. Need a light? Gotcha. Now, I've never worked as a bartender, but I get the feeling that it doesn't work that way. I have been a bartender, and uh, I don't think it was a good enough bar for me to really find out if it works that way. I feel like it could. There's not a time you go to a bar around here that's slow enough for a conversation with the bartender very often. Oh, sure there are. It's just that those places don't have classy enough bartenders for that to happen. Yeah. You got to go to a real high class joint where you're paying 12 bucks a shot of whiskey easy. That's like starting price. Yeah, that's not that that much higher than most places around here. Though. It's still more than I would shell out. Hey everybody, we're from the Midwest where things are cheap because everyone's poor. 
Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Definitely a working class town, what can I say? <laughs> Willow, however, takes up Xander on his offer to tell him her fake troubles for purposes of bartender practice. And I think she does it, A, so that he'll leave Buffy alone, and B, hopefully he'll shut up altogether. And I got this as one of my quotes of the day. Oh, her story? Yeah. It's very good. It's excellent. Be my guest. It's just fun to hear Willow say, Yes. I'm pregnant by my stepbrother who'd rather be with my best friend who's left me with no place to live. No food except this bottle of wild turkey, which I drank all up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, wild turkey's pretty good stuff, actually. It's not top shelf by any means, but it's decent mid-shelf. I've never had it. I don't even Or it know might just what... be really good bottom shelf. So Buffy's being way too hopeful about Parker, and she thinks that yeah. he has intimacy issues because of the death of his father. Fun story, I actually heard a study, and uh, I wish I had an actual source for you, so, you know, take this with a grain of salt, look it up if you must. It sounded like a fairly conclusive study, or at least one that's worth continuing research into, that uh, children who had conflict with their mothers while growing up end up having more issues with relationships later in life, but children who had more conflict with their fathers did not seem to really suffer any of the same future relationship problems. It's interesting. Yeah. I'll have to look that up. Mm-hmm. That fake ID. First <laughs> off, talk about a, a 70s porn stash. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I remember about it. I didn't write anything My down. favorite part, though, because I paused it to look at it, my favorite part, though, is that Xander's name is actually Xander on the ID. Okay. <laughs> on a fake ID? <laughs> yes. What a jackass. What's even need a fake ID for? You only have to be 18 to sell alcohol. I don't know. <laughs> or maybe that's not true in California. Yeah, who knows? It, definitely here you can be a bartender at 18. Yeah, in Michigan you can sell alcohol and serve alcohol, and you only have to be 18 years old. That might be different in other states. Willow and Buffy are very skeptical about the quality of the ID. Mm -hmm. And Xander's like, what gives it away? And Willow's response is, looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, it's obviously fake, Xander. Yeah. I've looked at a lot of IDs now, and I just don't even care anymore. In fact, if anything, I'm happy to see a fake ID, because then I know that it's not a sting operation. You don't get fake IDs from the popo because then it's entrapment and they can't do anything. Right. So anyway, Willow's uh, in response to Buffy's overhopefulness about Parker maybe coming back to her or some shit. Willow says, Buffy, and as my best friend, you need to stop thinking about Parker. He's no good. There are men, better men, wherein the mind is stronger than the penis. Q Xander, nothing can defeat the penis. Which... It looked dubbed. It sounded dubbed. I Yeah, I don't even know what to make of this line. Like, he recognized immediately that it was... He <laughs> finishes it off with, too loud, very unseemly. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. You're playing the penis game by yourself, Xander. What are you doing? Like, most of your personality, too <laughs> loud and unseemly. <laughs> You're masturbatorily playing the penis game. <laughs> With no small amount of irony. Have you ever done that, actually? Actually played the penis game? Yeah. Once or twice. I never have. Yeah, it's not that fun. Nobody wins. <laughs> 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 
Uh, it was it was fun once or twice, kind of, sort of, but, you know, it stopped there for a reason. So then you turned 15. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> no, then I turned 11. <laughs> God. Penis. <laughs> Penis. <laughs> <laughs> Look at all these tampons. <laughs> what? <laughs> South Park. When oh. Mr. Garrison becomes a woman. Oh. I just... <laughs> So cut to the bar and okay, mistake number one here, Xander, he's getting yelled at by like eight different people that are all squabbling around the bar. Xander, one order at a fucking time. When everybody yells at you, you ignore them or they will walk all over you. You pour the drinks, not them. They have to respect you because you're the fucking gatekeeper to their drunken shenanigans. That is correct. And unfortunately, when Xander tries to flex that muscle only a moment from now, he gets stepped all over by the asshat owner of this bar. But my important question here is, did he not get any training? He must not have. Well, it's his first day. I guess they're going with baby sink or swim philosophy. I guess. And enter Buffy. Oh, yeah. And she runs into Riley. Well, first, first she sees Parker with his new squeeze. And then she runs into Riley. Literally. Yeah. Because, you know, in her defense, he takes up a lot of space. Yeah. His line's kind of good, though, because he's like, you know, usually people go around me, but I guess you could tunnel through me if you felt the need (laughs) he is really a good sport honestly yeah as annoying as i find him generally speaking he's actually like dorkishly charming right it really pains me to see buffy so fixated on parker and at least riley is not as big of a tit as parker but riley actually gives a little bit of insight into parker as well because he knows parker yeah i was kind of getting the impression that Parker's been around for a minute doing the same old gag for a while. Yeah. He's got a routine down. Yeah. And his routine is he's a fuck boy. As Riley puts it, Parker and his latest conquest. You know, that boy should have his attention span checked. Maybe I'm old fashioned, but my father says that if you want to be a gentleman, you don't care what my father says. No, she really doesn't. (laughs) She doesn't. So back at the bar, mistake number two, Xander, while you may flirt with your customers, as is service staff's prerogative, you must still exercise an extra set of rules called don't be a shitty server and stop at the first sign of it not being okay. Right? Yeah. And first sign of it not being okay is when dude steps in and cuts off all eye contact and inclusion in the conversation you should have just left alone xander but he didn't so he's talking to this girl xander's like boy you are sharp well he was trying to play this little uh hey you have a rough day routine and she's like no i'm having a great day yeah i did all this stuff i made this pin (laughs) yeah so this guy oh this guy i think this is actually a really well written moment it really is uh this guy actually reminded me of the dude from Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. It's like there are people out there 
who can actually just flip shit off the top of their head, but they have to be so rare and far and few between. Yeah. I really wanted Will to come in and hand this dude his ass. <laughs> right? How about them apples? How about them apples? <laughs> uh, it's it's like sci-fi jargon, but it's, you know, it's actually relating to real shit. I didn't have the time to really look at what he was actually saying and, like, dissect it to see if he was saying real things. I did, and it's pretty close. I think they were they were sending it up a little bit, but it does make sense. So, I, either way, this guy's brain dick is considerably larger than Xander's, but I think he had just gotten out of a sociology class <laughs> and is working on a final project or a midterm project right. or something because the guy says... Oh, no, I rudely interrupted, and it sounds like the two of you were having quite the meeting of minds, possibly debating the geopolitical ramifications of bioengineering. You got a take on that? Xander's like, I've got beer. You want some beer? So, first of all, Xander has what matters. Yeah. All right. But this guy thinks he has what matters, and he says, You see, I think we have a perfect venue here. For conducting a little sociometry, a bipolar continuum of attraction and rejection. Now, that's, given your socio... That's the bit that sounded jargony Yeah, me. so I sat and I thought about that for a moment, and I'll break it down. So a bipolar continuum of attraction and rejection, it's connected to what he says next. Now, given your sociological statuses, I foresee a B rejects A dyad. A is attraction variable, B is rejection variable. Definitely his entire purpose was to walk up to this woman and go, look at my brain dick. <laughs> and he does, in fact, insist on swinging it about. And Xander loses this fight horribly. Yeah. Mostly because he tries to flex his bartender muscle. And he's like, all right, but you're not seeing a drop of this beer until I see. And the bartender walks past and is like, just give him a beer. Yep. So mistake number three here, Xander. You ask for ID first, because once you have the beer up on the table, it is really difficult to justify taking it away again. Yeah. And also, you're like a fist clench away from getting arrested. Like, if you let go of that, you've officially served it. Yep. Uh-huh. And I know a guy who got in trouble for, listen to this bullshit, an older man and a younger woman came into the restaurant. I worked at a pizza place that served beer. Once upon a time, this happened to one of the managers. And so the guy orders a beer. So the manager, who was a waiter at the time, he comes back with the one beer. And the guy has gone to the bathroom with just the right timing so that when he's serving the beer, there is only a minor at the table. And the dude that went to the bathroom was a fucking cop and he arrested him immediately and he did that shit on purpose. Wow. But it was just close enough to the line that it technically wasn't entrapment. He, wow. Yeah, it was some horse shit. That is... <sighs> what an asshole cop. Yeah, well, any cops that are out there doing sting operations are fucking assholes. Yeah. that's There's no reason to be preying on people who are... Just trying to do their fucking jobs. Yeah. Especially this guy. He obviously wasn't serving to a minor. He was bringing it for the person who ordered it, who's obviously not a minor. Yeah. That's fucked up. And he's got a rap sheet now because of that. So fuck you, cop. Actually, I really didn't like that manager. He was a dick. But that's still shitty. 
Yeah. Doesn't matter what fucking kind of person it is. That kind of bullshit is bullshit. Yeah. They say young people don't learn anything in high school nowadays, but um, I've learned to be afraid. So what was the uh, story about that alligator? After getting shot down, Xander sees sad Buffy, flicks his fucking lighter at her. (laughs) I like her line here. She says, if he were tied and gagged and left in a cave that vampires happen to frequent, it really wouldn't be like I killed him. Really? Right? I mean, yes, Buffy, but I still back your decision. Yes, exactly. (laughs) We don't need to lie to ourselves about who murdered who. (laughs) And then Buffy slut shames herself. And of course, Xander is about to be like, hey, Buffy, no, you're fine. You didn't do anything wrong. But the fucking owner is like, get back to work, Xander. And he can't even fucking comfort his friend. And it's not like there's even anything for him to do at the moment. Bunch of BS. So Buffy walks away from the bar and immediately she bumps into random guy who's like, hey, you're not leaving, are you? And I'm like, whoa, careful. That sounds a bit rapey. And then, then three other guys immediately line up behind him, including Mr. Geopolitical Socioeconomics asshat tool. And they're like, you're just too beautiful to not be covered in men. And by the way, can we be those men? (sighs) What saddens me is I'm sure that line worked on somebody somewhere at some point in time. Well, it damn well fucking worked on Buffy at this point right now. Yeah, she's definitely jonesing for the attention. And unfortunately, Xander is unable to give her the friendly attention that she deserves at the moment. Yep. So yeah, Buffy takes them up on the offer of beer. It's a trap. It is. It's a trap. <laughs> Cut to the bronze. The bronze. Where Oz makes his way through the the crowd to find that Willow has a table that she got with good old fashioned murdering. Yeah, going along with the theme of murdering people here unabashedly. I mean, it's about damn time that they all came out of the closet as serial killers here. Yeah, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Sometimes people just need a murderin'. It was a very nice table. It was. (laughs) It really tied the room together. (laughs) (laughs) Oz looks like he's feeling something, which is a sure sign of inevitable catastrophe. At first, it looked like he had kind of some indigestion going on. Yeah, which... And that is always some top-notch acting coming from Seth Green. Yeah. But no, the thing that he is feeling revolves around the singer of the band. So Oz is watching the band, and he inadvertently invents Google as his jaw kind of drops onto his lap as he searches for all the top hits of Veruca, (laughs) the lead singer of the band Shy. Oh, man. Willow notices. Yeah, I mean, how often does her man make fucking googly eyes at someone? Yeah. But more importantly, they're making googly eyes at each other. Oh, dear. I didn't even notice that yeah, it was she's reciprocal. She's fucking looking right at Oz while singing. Yikes. Not particularly well. Oh, oh, oh. Exactly. Awooga. Which we, we learned that later. Yeah, that's problematic at best. Well, uh, back to the bar. And welcome to every bullshit coffee shop pseudo-intellectual conversation that has ever happened. These dudes are pretentious, 
And just so you know, this is me calling them out on being pretentious. So you know, they're really pretentious. My name's Josh <laughs> and I support this message. <laughs> <laughs> So blah, 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 blah. So the writers, I think, started slacking here. Maybe it was on purpose because supposedly the beer is starting to take effect. Right. Um, but we can visibly start to see Sociology Boy getting a bit woozy-faced, just like we saw Oz do only a moment ago. They talk about some nonsense that wasn't worth quoting this time around. Buffy says, my mother always said that beer was evil. <sighs> this guy comes back with evil good these are moral absolutes that predate the distillation of malt and fine hops and mm, first malt of all and fine hops <laughs> there's no such thing as fine hops though <laughs> it was originally used to keep beer from going bad on long sea voyages i am aware <laughs> i don't know i mean i guess there's there's technically hops in all beer right yeah yeah it's a key component to beer but you know IPAs are when they're like, you know what's really good? If we gave you a hop enema. <laughs> yeah. And no. It's not. That's, that's not good it's at not all. not good at all. I ashamedly admit that I did drink IPAs almost exclusively for the better part of a year, and I'm still ashamed of it. And you regret it. Very much like so. Like you should. Yeah. Here at Beer with Buffy, we drink stouts and porters and brown ales. And ambers. Okay, on occasion, amber ales. Yeah, uh, the lighter it gets, the less we like it, basically. Yep. Uh, also, this is why I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer more than Charmed, which I'm almost to season four of, by the way. And because Charmed just so unabashedly uses good and evil as a literal construct of the magical realm around them. Like, all the characters are literally, it's like they're part of the good club. And they're like, oh, but they're evil. They literally say things like that. Oh, but that character's evil. You can't be with them. Ugh. They play for Team Evil. That's a literal line just from I an episode hate, I watched today. Hate shows and stories that use the the black and white good and evil bullshit. Yeah, you would hate Charmed. I mean, I find it charming. <laughs> uh, Slap yourself. I will not. I'm so clever. Most of the time you are. That time, no. Do you want to hear a secret? <laughs> no. Yeah, me either. Uh, Moving on. <laughs> so, no, but Buffy definitely uses good and evil as an abstract concept that the viewers are more or less left to fill in on their own instead of it being spoon-fed to them, which is much nicer. Yes. And so Buffy calls them out on enjoying the sounds of their own voices too much. They change the subject to fawning all over Buffy. And, and she enjoys it. She does not hate it. No, sir. Cut to Willow and Buffy's dorm. And Willow is mocking the situation with Oz and Veruga. Yeah, she's vocally jealous. <laughs> Do you think the name Veruga was chosen on purpose? Veruga! <laughs> like the, the whole fucking... <laughs> With the oh, eyes bulging yeah, and the wolf exactly. character, specifically from The Mask, but stolen directly from actual cartoons. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's go with that. I, it's gotta be. I think that's where they got that. <laughs> Veruca. So yeah, Buffy's hungover. Poking at the TV going, <laughs> ooh, the pretty colors and the tiny people. And then there's some sexual confusion about four really smart guys. Yeah, cue the standard obligatory misunderstanding orgy joke. 
So <laughs> Buffy's only talking about beer and talking to four men. Yeah. Willow assumes that it's an orgy because, you know, Buffy's all about the orgies, as we know. Yes. She's clearly not as monogamous as they come. Giggity? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, no giggity. Just an honorable mention on Buffy's line here, talking about beer. She says, it's nice, foamy, comforting. It's beer. Yeah. I think that pretty much sums up our podcast right yeah. there. Fuck. So Buffy's exchange with Willow is kind of a quote of the day here. Yeah. So Buffy says, I'm suffering the afterness of a bad night of badness. Willow says, you didn't. Not with Parker again. Buffy says, no, with four really smart guys. <laughs> and, and Willow's eyes practically bulge out of her head. Yeah, cue the misunderstanding. <laughs> Willow's like, four? Wow. Oh, Buffy, are you okay? But she's still supportive and good on her. Do you want to talk about it? <laughs> Buffy says, I went to see Xander. Then I saw Parker. Then came beer. Willow says, and then group sex? <laughs> yes, Willow. And then group sex. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and this is pretty much the last moment of the episode that we see Buffy having any amount of brain cells to roll around yeah this is the brightest sandwich left it really is stored in her tool shed full of very dull tools you're just really trying to cram everyone you can think of huh? the sharp ones are still at the <laughs> the sharp tool store all <laughs> 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 righty i think someone really needs to sharpen your tools yeah. You're you're lacking in and tool sharpness I think there yourself, I think. I think friend. it's you, Rex. What the fuck happened to my needle nose pliers anyway? <laughs> huh? Huh? Buffy, you made some bad choices. You just might have to live with some consequences. This isn't over. If I have to, I'll go all the way to the mayor. Buffy tries to leave in her PJs. Right, and not that that's really frowned upon in college. Right? People do that all the time in college. Not just girls. Guys, too. They have onesie days. It's specifically... Really? A holiday. Yeah, really. God, college is fucking weird. <laughs> it is. Uh, cut to class. Back to psychology class. Where Buffy is acting weird. And speaking about not being a very uh, sharp sandwich, <laughs> she steals a sandwich. I don't understand how this girl does not at least attempt to just destroy Buffy's everything right now. Right? If you take my fucking sandwich, <laughs> I don't care how much bigger than me you are, I will fight you to the death. I think partly it was just the shock and awe. Buffy takes the sandwich and she's just like, did you, did you really just sure, a moment, take my sandwich? A moment of taking a backness is well within acceptable parameters. Immediately followed by, all right, I guess it's time to completely fuck you up. <laughs> Allow me to roll my sleeves up real quick. I never knew I would ever get into a fight over a sandwich. <laughs> Today, but today's the day we're going to get into a fight over a sandwich. day, sir. <laughs> I always wondered why I was going to go to jail. I always knew I would. I just wasn't sure why. Fun fact. <laughs> uh, when I was a kid, I once stabbed my brother with a fork. Ah. Uh. Because he was about to take a slice of pizza. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I once stabbed myself with a compass. I'm learning a lot. I used to do the 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 knife trick where oh. you go in between your fingers. Stabity stabity. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And I was actually pretty decent with it. And then I stabbed myself in the thumb once. <laughs> right through the thumbnail. And that taught you. Hopefully. You'd think. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with Buffy here. She needed a sandwich. She took a sandwich. I don't see what's wrong with that. But this girl, the rest of the episode should have been about her. But it's not. <laughs> so cut back to a dark basement or lair or something. Some sort of chem lab place. And we've got a Rube Goldberg device of colorful, steamy, twisty, elaborate liquids goozing about pouring directly into a keg yep. of black frost beer. Just a note, though. Um, you can't do that. Oh. Kegs are under pressure. Yeah. You can't just have the fucking lid off and be like, oh, it's fine. Yeah, that's not how kegs work. You're ruining the beer in more ways than one. Like, obviously, you're putting in some, you know, terrible evil potion into the beer, but also you're making all the beer flat. That just sounds awful. Yay, mystery goo. The magical mystery goo. (laughs) He's coming to take you away to a cave. Yes. And make your hair magically grow longer and get facial things going on. Give you a unibrow and shit. Yeah. (laughs) Cut back to the bar. Buffy, enjoying a beer. A little too much. You know? And definitely having enjoyed too many, a little too much. Yeah. Now, for a beer called Black Frost, this shit looks like a cheap-ass pilsner. Right? Yeah. Did you notice that? What the fuck? Seriously. If there's anything else that we really need to tear apart in this episode, it's the beer. Yes. That's the only expectation I feel like we really have to live up to here. I guess my my best guess as to why it looked like a fucking Pilsner is because that's what most people think of when they think of beer. Yeah, even though the guy references, you know, fruity little microbrews in a moment... It's still not commonplace for microbreweries still haven't quite taken over the country just yet. Right. It's 1999. Microbrews definitely aren't a thing. Yeah. I don't think they really became a thing till 2010-ish. That sounds about right. Anyway, they're all acting dumb. Buffy's hanging out with the same four dumb shits from yesterday. And uh, Buffy does a spit take and it's really gross. It's like not what you would ever expect a a spit take to be. It's supposed to spray, but she like literally just kind of hawked a loogie into her hand. I didn't notice that at all. Did you miss that? Yeah. I completely missed that. (laughs) Go back and check it out. It's gross. I think I'm okay that I I missed it. (laughs) So Xander's staring at the situation (laughs) unraveling. (laughs) And this, this is where we get the payoff of... Xander flicking his damn lighter in everybody's face and wanting to play the Tom Cruise character from Cocktail. Yep, because there, there's a woman going with a cigarette in her hand going, I've had such a shitty day. She asks if he has a lighter and he just... And he just holds up a non-smoking <laughs> sign. <laughs> Completely looking past her at Buffy. And, I mean, if it was a non-smoking bar, why... Were you trying to get people to smoke so much this whole time? But again, it's that's a continuity error that was worth it for the joke. It was a payoff that I did not remember what happened, and it, it was lovely. Yes. <laughs> this is when we get our first real signs that 
Yeah, there's some intelligence regression going on with with the group here. Well, I think one of them said something like, you need to come to our smart class. It's good. Like, pretty much all of their lines have become this good, this bad. Uh, back to campus. Back to the dorm where Willow and Oz run into each other. We learn that Oz skipped class again to practice, which... The episode would have us chalking up to, oh, he's probably consuming that Black Frost beer that's making everybody dumb. And I bet you there's going to be a breakout in the whole city with everybody who drinks beer. Uh, nope, not so much. He tells Willow that he has been asked to sit in with Veruca's band, Shy, and asks her if she wants to come along. But she doesn't. She's going to study instead. You know. Because of the fun. I find this interesting here because she's obviously noticed that something was up with him and Veruga. But she's apparently secure enough in her feeling to be like, no, I got to study. So I'm going to go study. And is just okay with that. And so good on her. I see. I didn't take it that way or get that impression at all from this situation. I feel like she was specifically trying to be hurtful uh, because she's extraordinarily jealous of Veruca. Basically what she's saying here is, no, why don't you go hang out with your other girlfriend? I'm just going to go study because I'm just your groupie. That's what I heard. Not, I'm so secure, you go have fun. I think the groupie line was she was basically calling him a groupie for her. No, that was a reference back to when she was muttering under her breath and Veruca said, oh, you have a groupie. That's so nice. When he introduced her to Veruca. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So this is a lot of sour grapes and butthurtness right here. And instead of saying, I feel like there's something going on with you two. Is there something you need to tell me? She just opts to completely remove herself from the situation, hurt Oz in doing so, and allow for anything that might already be there to blossom even further in her absence. Because she can't even deal. Well, thanks for ruining that scene for me. Yeah, sorry about that. No, you're not. <laughs> Don't lie. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dating. I am having serious dating with a werewolf. And I'm studying witchcraft and, and killing vampires like a drug all right and then from there we cut back to the bar where all five are acting extra dumb super super duper dumb and then xander puts on some music buffy and the dolts see what i did there you know, yeah, good good call. It's like Benny and the Jets, but yeah, it's Buffy I, and the Dolts. <laughs> anyway, that's not the song that played at all. No. I don't remember what song it was, and I don't care. Xander turns on the jukebox, and that shit lures Buffy over to that jukebox like a moth to a flame. She starts hitting it and kind of like groping it. Want more singing. Want more beer. <laughs> but no, Xander's cut her off. Did it hurt? Kicks her the fuck out. Did, did you catch that stupid punchline? <laughs> I've cut you off, Buffy. Did it hurt? Hell, oh god, this episode's great. Uh, fun fact: it did hurt, right? Yeah, it always hurts when you get cut off. 
Dude, I've scarcely been as offended as the handful of times I've been cut off. I was at a house party one time where some asshat was um, pouring wine for everybody. I only had like two. Like, just because you're having a good time, I hate it when they can't tell the difference between you having a good time and you being shwasted. And this was one of the occasions where I was having a good time and I was not shwasted. You just had to add the SH on there, huh? Yes, I did. And I hope it offends you greatly. It does. Excellent. It offends my non-existent children. <laughs> it offends your sperm, huh? Yes. And some random girl's <laughs> eggs... Probably in a different timeline. Right? <laughs> so, Who knows I'm never going to have kids. Right? These guys have regressed down to the you're dumb, no you're dumb level of things. Yep. Which seems like worst case scenario, but... Gets worse. Yeah, no, it can always <laughs> get worse. So he's yep. like, out you go. And surprisingly, she actually goes home. Yeah. Uh, she had very simple terms. He just needed to say bye. And he's like, bye. And she just gets this look on her face like, oh, I thought that was going to be harder for you. (laughs) (laughs) And she says bye and she leaves. But, you know, good for Xander. He didn't get thrown through a wall. Yeah. So we go back to the guys that are at the table. They notice girl gone. Yep. Roar, girl gone. And I'm like, yeah, where's all the hot college girls that think you're the future of the country now, assbag? Then we go to the coffee shop where Willow runs into Parker. Yeah. And she questions Parker and wants him to explain himself. And he actually has kind of a good point. A little bit. Obviously, his motives are complete and total fuckboy motives. But he does have a good valid point in that... Talking about exactly what the relationship has to be does, in fact, kill the passion of it. I can see that. Sure. However, as someone who practices non-monogamy, that's bullshit. (laughs) Yeah. Passion in a relationship is subjective and momentary and you should always talk about exactly what the fucking intentions of the whatever is also he very consciously built this up over the course of a week or two by presumably pretending to connect with her with the same bullshit lines that he uses on everyone yeah oh my dad's dead and i'm so sad and seize the day on the surface, he makes a valid point, and you you almost kind of feel something for the fact that kind of makes sense. Well, he's trying to tout what he's saying as a free love philosophy, yeah. while actually it's no more than an excuse to hit and run without consequences. Exactly. Because there's no consent on the other side for it to be this thing that he wants it to be. This, hey, let's build something Let's make something beautiful in the moment and then just go on with our lives. What's wrong with that? Well, it's because you're doing it at other people's expense. Yeah. like Because you you know that they think that it's more and you are gaslighting them, pretending that you didn't know that. Like, if you would just walk up to a fucking person at a party and be like, hey, do you want to fucking go? Uh Uh-huh. You know, fuck and go. Fuck and go. Yeah. Yes. Then that would be fine. Like a drive-thru. Exactly. Fucking go. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) A whole new meaning to the phrase hot and now. Who needs the quickie mart? (laughs) I do. (laughs) 
Yeah, the point is, is you're still fucking responsible for how you're playing the game. Don't fucking play the long game unless there's something more involved there. Exactly. That's what makes it extra shitty. The way you're doing it, you're just so clearly in the wrong, and I'm just sick of listening to any words come out of your mouth at all. But back at the bar... The uh, the guys are regressing even more. I like that Xander uses these Illuminati Geek Squad's inebriation <laughs> as an opportunity to assume he's been tipped generously. Yeah. What looked to be over $100, mind you. It was quite the stack of 20s. <laughs> Definitely. And hey, he plays it well, though. Because he's like... <laughs> How much should you tip would be 30%. I can't do that math in my head. Since you gentlemen are so dapper of brain. Yeah. (laughs) And he waits till one of them slides the money in over to him. Oh, technically he did nothing wrong. No, nothing at all. This is perfectly acceptable behavior for a bartender. And then abruptly from behind him, Mr. Big Dick Brain, Kool-Aid man's through the bathroom door. (laughs) And he's gone full caveman. You never go full caveman. <laughs> Except in Beer Bad. Yeah. Of Buffy the Vampire Slayer season four, episode five. Because <laughs> he literally drank all the Kool-Aid and then literally burst through a damn wall. Yeah. We really peaked too soon on this joke, Rex. Right. God damn it. <laughs> Uh, and he knocks Xander and, the and fuck out. And we're still using the Keanu Reeves worshipping joke from that episode. You know, that's, those two things happened in the same episode. Really? Yeah, that's why it's called Keanu-Aid. Shit. <laughs> Reeves be with you. Keanu speed, Rex. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, we haven't done that in a while. Anyway, so this guy literally drank the Kool-Aid, okay, figuratively, but, you know, this is as close to the metaphor as we're going to actually get. <laughs> yes. So then we get to witness the other guys cavemanning the fuck out. Yeah, well, they change while Xander's knocked out. We should figure out what kind of deal this is. I mean, is it a gathering, a shindig, or a hootenanny? Well, gathering is three mellow song stylings. Shindig, dip. Less mellow song stylings, perhaps a large amount of malt beverage. And hootenanny. Well, chock full of hoot, just a little bit of nanny. I dare say a muck takes this opportunity to run. Yes. However. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the segment where Rex inappropriately, but we set aside an appropriate time for him to do it, points out all of the actual inaccuracies of this portrayal of cavemen. Cavemen, humans, hominids, were biologically, genetically the same as we are today. The only difference between us today and caveman when humans were cavemen was knowledge and technology. We had the same capabilities of mind and same capabilities of body that we had then as today. The idea that somehow cavemen were fucking unibrowed, big buck teeth, slightly larger forehead bullshit is painfully inaccurate there were species of humans that looked like that kind of neanderthals kind of homo erectus but the point being cavemen are modern humans 
They are exactly the same. If you fucking went and found a caveman and brought him here and fucking gave him a bath and a haircut, we would have Encino Man. (laughs) Encino Man is more fucking accurate than this is. Ooh. Damn. A fucking movie starring Pauly Shore is more accurate. To be fair, co-starring Pauly Shore. Yes, co-starring, I guess. And Brandon Fraser. Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser and um I don't know, some other fucking guy. Rudy. Samwise. Really? Yes. Oh, I didn't realize. Fuck. It's his name. Sean it's Aston. Right. Sean Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen that meme going around? <laughs> hey guys, look. It's Sean Aston from Stranger Things with an otter. Isn't that cute? I think you mean Sean Aston from Lord of the Rings, you fucking fetus. <laughs> Excuse me, you shitty millennial. I think it's Sean Aston from the Goonies. I mean, my problem with that meme is millennials remember the Goonies just fine. Yeah. Okay. We're millennials. I fucking loved the Goonies as a kid. Yeah, the Goonies was my shit. We're kind of on the cusp of millennials and Gen we're, X. We're the first of the millennials. Sure. But the problem I have with that whole meme is, what about fucking Rudy? Oh, yeah. That shit, that shit mattered to me as a kid. I've never even seen Rudy, and I what? understand how deeply rooted it is in our culture. You should watch Rudy. It's really fucking good. I should, and I intend to someday. I just forgot, you know, for the last 20 years until now. Anyway, so the other guy is caveman the fuck out. Yeah. Xander wakes up, and of course they start, like, surrounding him, and he manages to scare them off with a fucking lighter. Using his big old Xander brain. Yeah. Guess whose brain dick is bigger now? (laughs) Xander's. No one can stop the penis! (laughs) Just swinging around in the breeze. Oh, Good man. God. Yeah. <laughs> so he gets them outside with the lighter and then immediately goes in back. Cut to definitely the bad guy bar owner. He's like, hey, something's up with your patrons. They're turning into cavemen. Eh, they had it coming. I really appreciate this man's transparency. Right? I mean, it pisses me off that he's storing boxes on top of kegs. It better have been empty. That's all I have to right? say. So outside, a muck runs. A muck, a muck, a muck, a muck, a muck. <laughs> Just going to let that go. Yeah. it's <laughs> One of these fuckers falls out of a tree. Another one's laughing. Um, and then he breaks off a branch and whacks him over the head. And it's just a fucking cartoon. Yep. It's kind of funny. But back inside to the bar. Where the owner elaborately explains his plan. He is definitely the bad guy. Yeah. And the owner of the bar. And his brother was a warlock. So he taught him how to make a potion that oh, turned him into caveman. Of course. I mean, <laughs> I knew that going right into this episode, didn't you? <laughs> so he says you know i've been taking abuse from snot-nosed kids for 20 years get off my lawn (laughs) back in my day kids had respect for their elders see we'd make them go cut a switch for us off of the tree 
he has a real disdain for them liking microbrews. He does, because the rest of his line is, they're always coming in here with their snotty attitude, drinking their fruity little microbrews and spouting out some philosophy like it means a damn thing. What this tells me is that he likes NASCAR. <laughs> what this tells me is that the black frost beer that he is poisoning with this potion is not beer he makes. It's probably Budweiser that he rebranded. Right? That would make <laughs> sense. That would make sense for why it looks so thin and yeah. watery and yeah. awful. That's right, Budweiser. We don't like your product. Yeah, Pilsners. <laughs> <laughs> Back to campus where the cavemen are continuing their muckiness. <laughs> that they do, Ricks. And they're fascinated by some cars until one of them gets hit by a car. Yeah, he didn't look like he was okay. No. <laughs> and then they continue to attack said car. Break some windows. And then some girls run by and they chase after him. Then we cut back to the dorm's hallway where Xander is telling Giles what's going on. Yeah. His line is one of my quotes of the day. Okay. Excuse me, Mr. I spent the 60s in an electric Kool-Aid funky Satan groove. It was the early 70s and you should know better. <laughs> I just like the electric Kool-Aid funky Satan groove. Yeah, that's just a good line. Keep in mind, he only corrected Xander on the year. Uh-huh. And not the fact that he was a, in a Kool-Aid funky Satan groove. <laughs> well, he was. But Xander and Giles enter the dorm to see Cave Buffy <laughs> drawn on the wall. And she's drawn what looks to be kind of demon-esque. And she slaps it with her hand and she's like, Parker, bad. Yeah, did she find some red crayons or did she just... I think it was makeup. She just straight up take a poo in her hand. I think it was makeup. It looked like lipstick to me. Okay, I can see that. And it looked very accurate to, you know, what you'd expect of a cave drawing. Yeah. Yeah. And you're what? Shocked and disappointed? I'm evil. You should know better. You should know better than attempt the fate the face of the world. That was pathetic. You should know better. You should know better than attempt the fate the face of the world. There's a lot more with that. A fantastic day. Birds singing. Squirrels making lots of rotten little squirrels. And cut back to the coffee shop to probably one of my favorite scenes in the entire episode. Oh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Bring the chocolate sauce. Oh! So Parker and Willow have moved from the table that they were sitting at before. They're off to a side table and uh, more of a cozy environment. Parker is laying it on super thick. This son of a bitch is truly pathological. Yeah. And for a moment, it honestly looks like Willow's been taken in. Yeah. Thank Keanu. She isn't dumb enough to go for it. But I was really worried for a hot second there that she might be mad enough at Oz. Not dumb enough necessarily, but possibly vindictive enough. Even knowing that Willow's response is what it is, yeah. I still had a moment where I'm like, is she going for it? Right, yeah. I had an inkling that it was going to go the way it actually does, but I, they had me going for a second. Willow, like, can I just ask you a very important question? Yeah, Willow. Yeah, you can. How gullible do you think I am? <laughs> This isn't connecting. I've got your number, id boy. It's all about the sex. Men haven't changed since the dawn of time. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kool-Aid cavemen. This time, the whole lot of them, they knock out Parker and Willow immediately, and they're dragging along those poor girls that they were chasing down the street a minute ago. Yep. Cut back to Buffy's dorm. Where uh, Buffy falls out of a chair. And, you know, who hasn't? We've all spun around in an office chair. Don't judge. Get over yourselves. (laughs) And Giles is just perfect. Oh, God. Fascinating, (laughs) really. (laughs) Buffy wants the people back in the TV well she's not in any immediate danger and then she wants to bang Xander and Giles is like okay uh, immediate danger and (laughs) Xander's like well Jack said the effect of the beer would wear off and that was the wrong word oh yeah that's like saying walk to a dog (laughs) seriously (laughs) that's exactly what happened because Buffy's like beer and Buffy want beer (laughs) And Giles like, you can't have any beer. And that's the even (laughs) wronger words to say. Yeah. Xander has another quote of the day here. Giles, don't make Cave Slayer unhappy. (laughs) Oh, but Cave Slayer's already unhappy, Josh. Yep. It's too late. Cave Slayer throws Giles across the fucking room. (laughs) And she pushes Xander and she fucks off. So they have to separate to look for her. Giles goes out the exit. Xander goes down the hallway, which is ironic because Xander makes it outside first and then Giles is stuck in the dorms. Yeah. (laughs) Talking to (laughs) students later. Cut back to the coffee shop. Yep. Where the cavemen have started a fire. Hey, cavemen will be cavemen. And they're barricading themselves in, (laughs) which seems like weird behavior from a caveman. I mean... I, I think they're supposed to be caving themselves up. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I hope you feel dirty. I always feel dirty, Rex. No matter how much I shower. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't get the stains to come out. <laughs> they're in your mind, Josh. <laughs> you yeah. need to stick a toothbrush in your ear and wiggle it around. That's what the doctor says. <laughs> So, cut to commercial right after that chair was clearly covered in accelerant, and it just bursts into flames the second their little campfire falls over. And then we come back to the fucking building's on fire. Very, very on fire. But first, the caveman, of course, tries to reach through a piece of glass to get a donut out of the case. I've done that before, actually. Really? You don't have to be a caveman. To no. One time, I was dating this girl, and I was meeting her parents, and uh, they were out on the porch. I walked right into the glass door. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've done shit like that too. There was, there was a store, uh, but I was leaving, and the entire front of the building was glass window. And it was one single door and the door was propped open. I walked up to the door and grabbed the door and opened it and tried to walk out. So I was trying to walk out of the glass window that was behind the door. Gotcha. And it wasn't a double (laughs) door. Okay. It was a single door. That's special. Yeah. Anyway, so coffee shop on fire. Yeah. Caveman can't get the donut out of the case. I feel bad for him. I want a donut now. Seriously. Back outside, Xander finds Buffy. Yep. He almost has her calm down, 
Almost. Well, he's scolding her for being a freshman girl that can't hold her beer. Who gave her the fucking beer, Xander? Yeah, seriously. Uh, kind of I think slap one him. of the two people here are more at fault than the other one, and it isn't Buffy. The one who's really at fault is the fucking owner of the bar. Yes. Card <laughs> your fucking patrons, goddammit. Yeah, and, you know, try not to curse them. Yeah. They smell smoke and they see the fire and Buffy goes running off towards the fire. Yeah, fire bad. So ironically, this moment reminded me that at the moment I was watching this episode, I was working as the fire captain during a high school play (laughs) where we have to turn off the fire alarms because there's pyrotechnics and haze effects. And so I took this moment to pause the episode and go make sure that the hallway wasn't on fire. Smart. Yeah. Yeah, good call. Yeah, it worked out. Excellent I'm, timing. I'm assuming the hall wasn't on fire. The hall was not on fire. That's good. Surprisingly. At my job, if the power goes out, we have to do every hour fire checks of all the buildings. Uh, so back inside, Buffy runs in. And we see the cavemen and the girl that's still conscious are freaking out. She's not full caveman. She doesn't have the the bulgy forehead or the unibrow or anything. I think they just chose not to do that to her because they didn't want people to think she was ugly. She has enough there still to know that the fire extinguisher can help put the fire out. Right. But... She doesn't quite have enough there to use the fire extinguisher. She just throws it at the fire. Yeah, she can't figure it out. That was a funny bit. She just hucks it into the middle of the room. And then she sees Willow. So, yeah, yeah, it's funny that Xander was only just inquiring as to whether there's any of the real Buffy left in there. Because she sees Willow and obviously it registers somewhere in her brain. Oh, God, that's my best friend. I have to save her. Yep. She cave slayers the hell over that fire. Yes, it's time to listen guys are always stalwart and true. The bad guys are easily distinguished by their beauty walls or black hats. Uh, we always defeat them and save the day. No one ever dies and everybody lives happily ever after. Liar. Then Xander enters calling for Buffy. He can't get through the flames because, you know, he's just a dude. And it's very thick smoke. And, you know, without the proper gear, you really shouldn't be entering a burning building. No, definitely not. And so he's wondering where Giles is. Cut back to the dorms. Where Giles is very badly describing Buffy (laughs) to another student. Well, she's blonde, about yay high, a a bit of a sideways limp. (laughs) And the look on the guy's face is just explaining math to a monkey. (laughs) And no pun intended. Cut back to the coffee shop. Buffy does some fancy swingy shit to open a window with her feet. And immediately the other cavemen and the two women climb out. Shove over a bookshelf and climb it like a ladder up to the window. It works out great. And so does Willow and the other girls. They get out just fine. Xander's up on the other side helping them out. Well, that's handy. Willow tells him, meaning Xander, that Buffy's still in there. And so's Parker. Yup. Parker wakes up, realizes the building's on fire, and then sees Buffy. Buffy, what do I do? Save me, Buffy. Just like the beginning of the episode. And then comes one of my favorite parts, where she knocks him the fuck out. Doink. Boing. Bonk. (laughs) Yeah. 
There we go. I like that one. Insert Bonk. bad cartoon sound effects here. Back outside. We're wrapping up. Yep. Everybody's out. Everybody's fine. The cavemen are chilling out in a van that nobody <laughs> knows whose it is, but it was unlocked. Whose I don't know van how- is that? <laughs> I don't know. Wasn't locked. I don't know how Xander got him in there. <laughs> My favorite part. Buffy separates from the Scoobies and goes back, goes over to the van, is like putting her hand on the glass, looking at the other cavemen, and and Parker walks up. He's apologizing to her, asking if she can ever forgive him. She's still holding the stick. She's still holding the stick. And Parker unwittingly brings Buffy's fantasy from earlier to fruition. You saved my life. I owe you everything. Bonk! Bonk! <laughs> like Scoob. Buffy totally knocked him out. Okay, if he didn't have a concussion from the first time, he has a concussion now. Yeah, I was like, damn, you can give him brain damage. I mean, teach him a lesson, yeah, but I mean. <laughs> life, How many times can a man be knocked out in a day? Life shattering. Brain damage is another story. The, um, okay, so how many knockouts were there today? Xander got knocked out once. Willow and Parker. Willow got knocked out. Parker got knocked out twice. Three times. Three times. Once by the caveman, two by Buffy. And oh, then, you're right. And then another caveman got knocked out, with the first one with a stick. Oh, yeah, one with a car, one with a stick. Yep. And then did anyone else get ne- knocked out? Uh, not that I can think of. Six, though. Six is a lot of concussions. <laughs> yeah, Because, I mean, concussions. generally speaking, if you get knocked out, you probably have a concussion. Almost certainly, if you lose consciousness. Yeah. Uh, that's, that is a regular theme, both on Buffy the Vampire Slayer and on our show. Because that's, that's like some cartoony shit. That is not something you just casually do. That's... Uh, Shit-ass movie trope. It takes a surprising amount of force to hit somebody in the head and knock them out. Because what causes the knockout is the brain hits the side of the skull. Yeah. So the most realistic... I can't remember what this movie was called, but the most realistic knockout, but not really a knockout that I've ever seen in a movie, was horrific. It's about these girls who are discovering their sexuality and they they become a couple and their one of this one girl's mother deeply deeply disapproves of it cuz it's like back in the 20s or 30s it's a takes place in the early 1900s and uh this girl decides that she needs to murder her mother shit uh, <laughs> so got that, heavier really quick got heavy really quick so that she can be with her uh girlfriend her partner her mate you know yeah and she sticks a brick in a stocking and whacks her mom on the back of the head with it i have no idea what this movie's called anymore but her mom doesn't just go down and she's unconscious now she falls to the ground she's on all fours and just takes a moment and you see this wave of pain go over her face. And then she just lets out this blood curdling <laughs> sound, which I'm like, oh, I'm getting chills right now just because that's kind of how it w- Have you ever hit your head really hard, Rex? Because yes. I have. And I have it, actually knocked myself out before. It is the most gut wrenching, unimaginable pain. 
I've not I've been knocked out twice in my entire life. Uh, once was a baseball. I was pitching. My cousin hit the ball and it hit me fucking bes- right between the eyes. Shit. Um, I don't remember hitting the ground. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. I definitely had a concussion. Yeah. And then the other time I, I knocked myself out by walking into a pole. Yikes. I remember hitting my head on the pole and I'm pretty positive when my head hit the ground, I, I was knocked out by it because I was out for a solid like 30 seconds. Neat. So <laughs> bringing it back real quick. So the Scooby gang is standing over Parker's unconscious body with a very huh look on their collective faces. They walk away. Gerarg. He probably has brain damage, but, you know, kind of deserves it, I guess, maybe. But Gerarg. Yeah, Gerarg. Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength. strength. Give, 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 give me more! Nights, I shall walk in Hold on. You've got something here. Huh? How'd you feel about this episode, Josh? I mean, I was okay with it. I yeah. didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. It had some funny moments, but overall, meh. Yeah, I don't think it's everything it was cracked up to be. I'm just sick of Parker. Yeah. I And I, I, I forgot that this episode had way more Parker in it than I recalled. Yeah. And fuck that. I'm done with it. I guess I'm just trying to figure out, was this episode supposed to be some sort of incognito... Hey, drink responsibly, or hey, don't be drinking if you're underage, or hey, beer makes you stupid no matter what, no matter who you are, don't do it. Hey, don't be a classist, elitist, twat that's, I'm better than the people who work in the jobs that I created demand for their services. I get it. Okay, you're you're a rich twat, and this is a dude who's just serving your beer, but someone's got to serve your fucking beer. Yeah. And that's just, like, everything that's wrong with the world. Yeah, but I don't think it was supposed to be a statement about that, per se. It kind of was. It, I mean, it was more about, hey, watch out who you piss off because... They spe- might be a cave slayer and knock you the fuck out. Or they might be the people <laughs> who serve your food and beverages. That's kind of one of the themes of Fight Club. <laughs> yes. And Waiting. Waiting yes. is a fun movie as well. It's great for anybody that's ever worked in the yeah, food I, service know, industry. It was an entertaining episode, but I really think it could have just fucked off. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. It was a fun idea that I'm glad they explored. They're trying to portray the college experience in the theme of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And you just don't think of the college experience without throwing some experimentation with alcohol in there. I suppose. One last thing that bothers me about this episode. I find it upsetting that Oz's behavior had nothing to do with the beer. Right. And he was all getting googly-eyed over Veruca while he was in his proper right mind. I mean, maybe he was a little bit normal drunk, but still mostly proper right Oz mind. I'm disappointed that it sounds like we're already leading into the, what I know to be inevitable, Oz and Willow breakup. And I don't want it to happen already. No. 
It's too soon for that shit. But it happens this season. God damn it. Fuck a doodle in its due. I mean, we know... It's not like you don't already know that she ends up with... Tara. Tara. Of course. In college. Sure. Anyway, fuck all that noise. What's your quote of the day, Rex? So, I gotta say that my quote of the day is the thing Xander says to Giles... Excuse me, Mr. I spent the 60s in an electric Kool-Aid funky Satan groove. (laughs) (laughs) Very nice. It was the early 70s and you should know better. (laughs) What's your quote of the day? Give me a moment. Moment has passed. Deal with it. In Soviet Russia, you get no moments. (laughs) In Soviet Russia... Moment pass you. <laughs> Wait, no, that's just kind of how time works. Oh, <laughs> okay, call me crass if you want. I got to go with Buffy and Willow's interaction when Buffy says, I went to see Xander, then I saw Parker, then came beer. Willow responds, and then group sex? <laughs> ah, classic misunderstanding. Man. It was a funny moment. Ah, it subverted the hell out of me. Jeez. (laughs) My expectations were upside down, let me tell you. All right, that's it for me. Yeah. So this has been Beer with Buffy. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email us at beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. You can give us a call and leave a voicemail or a text message at 269-743-0783. And you can also leave us a review on iTunes. It's the number one way you can help our podcast out. If you'd like to support us financially, you can do so on patreon.beerwithbuffy.com. And as well, you can support us by buying merch at store.beerwithbuffy.com. And as always, thank you to Benjamin Alexander and Reggie Page for our wonderful transitioning, opening, and closing musics. That's music's plural. This has been Beer with Buffy. I'm Rex. I am Josh. Have a good night. Bonk! <laughs> you are the slayer. Lives depend upon you. I make allowances for your years, but I expect a certain amount of responsibility, and instead of which you enslave yourself to this, this cult. You don't like the color? <laughs> done why are we watching this